0: Christmas. Now, if you've ever heard me speak anytime at the end of the year, you know I absolutely love Christmas. Uh, I've just been raised that way. Um, I love everything about it, uh, from buying presents to sitting on Santa's knee to all the fairy tales that go with it, from the Grinches to the Elves to you name it. I just feel just to laugh a lot is so important. And so I'm looking forward to Christmas this year. Today, I'm going to share a part of the Christmas story, but buried in this Christmas story is an amazing truth that I want to get across. Sometimes we can read a story for its cuteness and its beauty on our Christmas cards or the you know the dramas that we produce. But today I want to talk about joy, the strength of the leader. Every one of us is called to lead, lead your family, lead in your business, lead in our communities. Lead means to be first, be the first to forgive, the first to love, the first to put out a hand, the first to be kind. Every one of us are leaders. And this is about joy, the strength of a leader. And you're going to find out today as we go through this, I'm going to show you how to destroy fear. In your life. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 to 11, it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And then the glory of the Lord shone around about them and they were sore afraid. You know, that old English word, really afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, everybody, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's amazing that almost every time angels uh, would appear to anyone in the Bible, they would say, fear not, or today, don't be afraid. And even when, uh, well, you'll just find it everywhere. Even when Jesus was about to do a miracle with somebody and they were going through incredible stress, he would often turn to that person and say, don't be afraid. Or in the language from back, fear not. Do not be afraid. That means we have the ability, Everybody has the ability to deal with fear, and I want to talk about this because so few people understand fear. Fear makes people act aggressively towards those who speak truth. Fear destroys your ability to think creatively if you give in to fear. Forget strategic thinking. You won't have a strategy that even works. Fear brings confusion. And when you're confused, you haven't got an ability to think yourself clear. You know, in all the situations that I get into with any of our organizations, from the television channel to the to the school campuses to the church campuses or whatever, I'm consulting with around the planet, when, when all of a sudden fear enters the room, it is impossible to think strategically to find answers, which is why so many people will tell you that the best ideas are written on a napkin. Why is that? Because in the meeting, this intensity, this fear, there's always some chicken little in every meeting that is, we got to do something. We got to do something. We have to hurry. We have to hurry. If we don't do it, there's no other way. Like they'll just pound fear into the meeting. You always remove that person once you have diagnosed the problem. Okay. Remove them. Okay, we don't need chicken littles in in strategy sessions. And so once you remove that person, now peace comes. And when peace comes, you begin to think things through. But a lot of people, they'll come from that meeting and they think and they're trying to think. They're strategizing. They're throwing things against the wall. They're brainstorming. But then they go for lunch. They break for lunch while they're sitting down with a burger in one hand. I think more strategic ideas and creative ideas have have come with some junk food in one hand, just grabbing a break, and and you disengage your mind from the pressure. And all of a sudden, ideas just start to come. There's times when I've walked out of meetings, and let's just take a coffee break, you guys. Go grab a cup of coffee and just get away from everybody and drink a cup of coffee, grab a bite to eat. And all of a sudden the ideas just start coming. Not just the idea and the strategy that would win, but how to implement and how to get going. And I've noticed that so much that when I talk to creative people, they'll say most great ideas are written on a napkin because you're not expecting to find a great idea, which is why you need to keep a recorder or a a pen and paper beside your bed when you go to sleep at night. Because in the mornings when you wake up in that kind of dreamy state, you have so many answers that if you don't write it down or in the middle of the night, you'll be shocked to discover, I can't remember. I had this great idea and I don't remember it. Fear will shut your mind down, shut your body down. It'll make your emotions do crazy things. And you won't be, and when your emotions do crazy things, you'll want to blame it on others. But really, It's you who've allowed the fear in. And now that fear, which causes a plethora of negative emotions, every negative emotion, every snappy thing, I mean, one person will do something that would normally you'd laugh at, but now you're angry, you're snapping out. And so fear destroys you emotionally, which means it'll begin to destroy your relationships. I've spoken with people and counseled with people who were raised in such a high level of fear. You can call it stress if you want. But in their entire lives, that when they begin to practice the things I want to teach you today, they would look at me and say, it's so foreign to feel what I'm feeling right now. Because there's a few feelings that Jesus is very clear on that you can have if you'll obey His Word. Fear has Format. The Bible says fear snares you. You know, when you look at snares, they're an awful thing. An animal will walk into a snare. It closes around its leg. It is tied to a tree or it's staked into the ground. And the animal only has about a, a two foot or a three foot circle to run around. And there's blood everywhere in the grass in that circle and they can't get free. And they'll never get free. That's the only bit of, of movement they've got until someone comes and kills them. Fear snares you. Fear controls you you. People who are um, leaders who don't know how to lead with strength, who don't know how to lead with strategy, who don't know how to lead with the whole truth, they will manipulate with fear. Fear is by far the greatest weapon to manipulate with. And so be careful, whether it's business, whether it's leaders today around the world or television stations or anyone trying to get more viewing eyeballs can take something. And when they say it, they have an ability, they know how to bring fear. Even when I'm watching movies, it's interesting that if you turn the volume off. It's not as scary when you watch a scary movie when there's no volume. You know, even Jaws when I was a kid. Say, Ooh! But this music of two notes, da 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 da. And it's just this shark coming for them. It's the music. By, by the time you get to Jaws 2, your hair's standing on end because you know somewhere there's a shark in the water. The enemy of our souls. There is a, a darkness in this world. And everyone knows that. Whatever you want to call it, there's a darkness. The Bible says there's the kingdom of light with Jesus. And there's the kingdom of darkness with that fallen angel, Lucifer. And both have agendas. Jesus loves you we know that that fallen angel hates you. And so recognize that fear is the primary weapon and that fear has all of these other um, things that rise out of it. And we talked about it last week, but I'm not going. This is not a repeat. This is kind of laying some groundwork. If you're grumpy, you, you, you're you fearful. If you're short-tempered, you're fearful. If you get angry quick, you're fearful. I, I could go on listening almost Every negative emotion, envy, malice, jealousy, pride are all rooted in fear. To win over fear is something that has to be done. Now here it says, this angel in the Christmas story, he appears and he begins to speak to these people. He says, fear not because I'm bringing you great Joy. that's what I want to talk about today. Because if you understand the word joy, it is different than the word happiness. You can have this force of joy. You can have a strength of joy that even when you are experiencing sadness, you're experiencing loss. You're experiencing disappointment. You're experiencing um, hurt. Uh, you know, enlist these feelings. Did you know that you never need to let go of your joy? Now, joy is not this ridiculous. Ah, you know, trying to laugh when everyone can tell you're hurting. Joy isn't an emotion, but it will bring a stability to your emotions. Joy, according to the Bible, and we'll go through some verses, is a strength. It is this underlying strength that the Bible also teaches is a confidence. This confidence will stay put, not because you're confident in yourself, but a confidence that comes from him. There's a peace that Jesus said, I'm going to leave with you a peace that the world can't produce. Okay, I'm going to leave it with you. And he says, see, the world only has peace when problems are solved. But the word is very clear about how to push away fear to get it out of your life. So joy is not a giggling, worldly kind of happiness. You know, happiness comes from happenings. If you're happy, something has happened. And because something has happened, you're happy. That's not joy. I love happiness and I treasure all the great happenings in my life when things don't go the way I want, when bad news is coming over the mountain, when when people begin to say and do and things aren't going the way you want, you never let go of your joy. This joy is a powerful force. It is a strength that is saying to you that things will get better. That I have placed my life into the hands of the king of kings. This joy is a confidence. In Hebrews 10, 36, it says, don't throw away your confidence. It will be rewarded. You see, confidence cannot be taken from you. You have to throw it away. Joy will help us stay confident. And I'm going to show you as we walk through these verses, all of the biblical verses that refer to joy. Now the world, by that I mean people who have not given their lives to Jesus Christ, have not believed on him and invited him in. They don't have access to this. You see, salvation is a gift to those who don't believe on Jesus. That once they check him out, they hear the word, a little faith rises, and they choose Jesus, their gift is salvation. But Holy Spirit is a gift to believers. Once you choose Jesus and you believe on Jesus, Holy Spirit comes in and now you have His joy. Now you have His confidence and you can feel it on the inside. And there's things you need to do to keep it. So joy will help us to stay confident and we can't throw away. If you start to feel a little uneasy and old feelings come back of fear, a, do not cast away your confidence. There's an incredible verse in Romans 14:17, and it's saying this to people who walk on planet Earth: that the kingdom of God, it's not about eating and drinking and what you should and shouldn't do there. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, did you know that you can be citizen in a a citizen in a country? While you are walking through a different country, when I am walking through another country, whether it's France or England, Australia, that just because I'm over there does not mean I'm a citizen of there, but I am a citizen of Canada. Did you know there are two kingdoms on the planet? There's a kingdom of, of God, a kingdom of light, and a kingdom of darkness. And it's saying that this kingdom can be experienced before you go to the place called heaven. And this is really important because the Bible teaches us that right now we can enter into the kingdom of heaven because Holy Spirit is within us. The Spirit of God is within us. And you can you can be righteous. Well, what is righteous? It's you're right with God because of Jesus. It's an amazing feeling when you lose this, I'm not good enough and I've done so much wrong and if someone ever tells on me I'm in trouble and if people ever reveal my past or what's gone on, But because of Jesus, you have a brand new start, a fresh start, and so you are in right standing with God. You are righteous, and then you can have a peace that is a heavenly peace and a joy that is a heavenly joy. This angel, he reported to them that don't don't be afraid, I bring you good tidings of not just a little bit of joy, but he used the word great joy, why this joy would be crucial to us in the years, the decades, the millennia that were ahead. His kingdom can be entered into now, and you can experience the peace, the joy, and the sense of being right with God. Now there's some really cool verses about this in Proverbs 15:13. It says, happiness makes a person smile. In brackets it says, a joyful heart brightens one's face, but sadness, a troubled heart, can break a person's spirit. Whoa, Proverbs is filled with brilliant wisdom sayings that you could meditate on. And even as I study psychology and you study many of the things today, you'll notice that if it's a truth, you'll find it written here, especially in Proverbs when it comes to all of this area of relationship and emotion and behavior that the book of Proverbs is a stunning book. And it's teaching us that a, a sadness of heart, that a troubled heart can break a person's spirit. I've spoken with people for years, and when you look at them, they are a broken person. Something has broken something on the inside. They would prefer a broken finger. They would prefer a broken arm, a broken leg, but a broken spirit. Who can bear, the Bible says, and it leads to such horrors in life as everything negative is expected, everything negative begins to be experienced, and often all you can see to get out of this is to take your own life, which is not the answer. But look at Proverbs 17, 22. A happy heart is like good medicine. It says here in the expanded Bible, it brings healing. But a broken spirit drains your strength. It dries up the bone. Joy is the foundation happiness. When you've got a foundation of joy, this confidence, this strength, it is so easy for happiness now to flow in so many areas of your life. And in, in Proverbs 15, 15, every day is hard for those who suffer, but a happy heart is like a continual feast. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting down anything people are going through. I'm just saying that in 40 years of pastoring people that I've met people with broken hearts. I've met people in the midst, the the stories I can't even tell you because they're just awful to repeat. But I've watched people who in the midst of things, they refuse to allow despair. Oh, they're disappointed okay? They can even be discouraged, but they don't take those steps down into cynicism, giving up, casting away their confidence. They found underneath. People will say, I found the arms of Jesus. You found a joy, a belief beyond your examples. It is a hope that you believe in, hope against hope. Like Romans says, there is this stable force, called joy. And it is up to you and I to hang on to it and to begin to practice it. Here it says that we can have a continual feast. And it says every day is hard for those who suffer. Now, it doesn't say when the suffering is gone, you will have a continual feast. It says if you will deal with the heart, which is the very center of your being, this deep um, subconscious belief system. I always say emotions come out of the things you focus on, but um, feelings, deep-seated feelings come out of the heart. You can feel a certain way and you're not even, it just always comes. You can walk into a room anywhere in the city and feel I don't belong here. These people are not like me, I'm not accepted. And you can feel that way even though it's not true. You're not even looking, people can be smiling and hugging you and this feeling will still rise up because what goes on in the heart at the very center of your being determines this powerful force of joy. Now. Here's a really interesting thing when you, if you want to talk about God in Psalms chapter 100, it says here, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Everybody, all lands. Doesn't say, hey, when you feel like shouting, shout. When you don't, it's cool. Be real. Be transparent. I understand what many people mean by being real, not being fake, not being phony. But that's not what this is saying. It is teaching us how to reach down deep and begin to sense and know this strength that rises up in you, this joy. It says, just make a joyful noise. The other day, you know, we were we were out sliding, and it was just fun to watch my wife Sally sliding down with the kids. And and, and it was just we just needed. It was such a fun time to laugh. And, and, and it was just this, this making of joy, this choosing to do something that wasn't always focused on a problem. I remember years ago, I was a part of a pilot program. Um for we didn't have any paramedics in the province and so we just started one in the hospital I was working at and began to work at that and train with the doctors and um, as we were there um, I had to learn as a paramedic that joy was a way that I kept my mind together because if I didn't it was amazing how deep you could get into despair and discouragement. And many of my friends lost their marriages and and became addicted to something. Um, many of them did, and, and you know I don't blame them. I don't think without Christ, I don't think. I would have been able to either because I'm no stronger than them. But there was something about coming home to Sally and my girls. And I just learned that I don't feel anything right now make a joyful noise. We would laugh and dance around the room with our kids or take them somewhere. And as I made a joyful noise, this starting in faith reminds me of those old Model T's. You know, my grandpa had one years ago and you had to crank it and crank it. And all of a sudden, after you're cranking, boom, 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 it would come to life. I have found the same with this, with a force of joy that making a joyful noise, going and involving myself in something that is fun, something that gets my brain off. Cause, you know, your brain will grab something negative and never let go. I've heard reports of eagles in British Columbia who would go to catch a, a salmon out of the water, and it was too big to lift out. But once it got its claws into it, it couldn't let go, and it would drown in the river. And you'd see a, an eagle floating downstream uh, with this fish in its, in its talons. And it reminds me of negative people who have never learned to work the process of joy. The Bible's very clear to rejoice. What does rejoice mean? It means make a joyful noise. And it literally says shout. Now, I'm being a little bit personal here, but there are times with the things that have pushed at me and the things that are going on where I found a quiet time. And I begin to shout to the Lord, just saying, you're awesome. I put my faith in you or I'll get up and sing with my kids as they're dancing around the room to their favorite song and just shout and laugh and just break through that thing. Just make a joyful noise or make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. We didn't make ourselves. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now he says, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name for the lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations let me give you some truths buried in this brilliant teaching of the bible it says that we need to be thankful when there's nothing to be thankful for presently thank him for what he's done Thank Him for the blessings you've had. Thank Him for the things that are in your life. Go back and thank Him for things. Make lists with a pen. Sit down. Force yourself to say, I'm thankful for. List the people. List the things. Because we, if you want to experience the presence of God, and by the way, the presence of God is righteousness to feel good about yourself because of Jesus. The presence of God is a peace that passes understanding. The presence of God is a joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is the strength of a leader. This is the strength of a person walking through the storm. You know the sayings, if you're going through hell, don't stop, keep going. I love this portion of scripture because it's so amazing that we enter his gates with thanksgiving, get into his courts with praise, and be thankful. Those three words are a tremendous way for you and I to know this strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. In Isaiah 12, 3, listen to this amazing verse. I'm going to give you some dynamite verses and listen to this again and read it together. Here's what you need to do. If you need a happy pill, get this message. Find it on on YouTube or on our Facebook and just listen to it all the time. Make it your happy message. Go to it and listen to the... Because as you listen to it, faith rises on the inside. Isaiah 12, 3, with joy, you, you're going to draw water from the wells of salvation. You know, my grandpa and grandma in the Battle Lake area had this ranch and logging operation. And I remember the old well. We would go and start pumping it. And I can still taste this water, cold, clear water that came up out of there. And it was so cold. That it didn't matter where us kids were running around. You'd run to that well. And if we didn't have cups, one would crank, I would put his mouth under there and just start to swallow. And it was so cold. It tasted so good. And the Bible is saying that with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Whatever's going on in your life you need to know if Jesus Christ is on the inside of you you can draw him up like a fresh cold drink of water it's like drawing water out of the wells of salvation and just draw that joy up look to him as your joy and spending time in God's word listening to messages like this it does something to the very core of your being that your five senses can't pull out of this world but faith And this inner connection to Jesus and to the word of God has a stunning effect on you as a leader. In Psalms 511, it says, rejoice, shout for joy, be joyful in your God. I've got news for you. Come on. We're only a few weeks, a little ways out from Christmas, and I know Christmas can be hard. I know some of us, us included, have lost special people around Christmas time. But I'm saying to you this, God's word says rejoice. It is saying in the midst of however you feel to get up and to shout for joy, to be joyful. It literally means to practice what you don't feel. Say, well, Leon, that's hypocritical. Oh no, it's not. You you practice what you don't feel all the time. You feel smarter than your boss, but you still go to work for him, collect a paycheck, and shut your mouth. Oh, there's lots of things that, that you but yet we so the same is true here. That start, like cranking that Model T, start with just being joyful. Start. I, I remember a friend of mine a brilliant man and uh, he was telling me how that he would go home and he was so full of other people's problems that, that that he just found himself short-tempered and snapping and and it was not an enjoyable time around you know the dinner table and he said that people was his kids were kind of eye, wide eyes and he found himself short and and don't do that and say pass, and don't do like non-stop I said go buy a joke book he goes what I said go buy a joke book and start reading jokes. And then when you sit down at the dinner table, instead of letting every feeling that you've been dealing with other people's issues all day come through you into your family, I said, just force yourself to begin to be joyful. Tell a joke. Well, Leon, I'm not much of a joke teller. I said, that's a problem. Go buy a book, start doing it. So I talked to him a little while later, and I said, hey, how's it going? He said, you know, not good. He said, like, the first time I tried it, I, I memorized this joke. I got in front of my family, and, and, and he said, I said, hey, you guys, I heard a good one today. He said they were kind of shocked, and I had to kind of, you know, pryly find out what the reaction was. He said it was kind of like wide-eyed, and he told the joke. There was not a giggle, not a laugh. They just, okay, and they kept going. I said, well, Listen. For years, probably, your dinner table's been a place of tension because the Bible says when we walk into our homes, it is up to us to say, peace be on this house. We create the atmosphere. I said, keep doing it every day. Don't you stop. Promise me. All right. So when I talked to him quite a bit later, he said, you know, every (laughs) dinner time, they knew I was coming with a joke and they saw my desire to shut the negativity down. And to be, and they would start to laugh. I've got news for you. Just begin to practice. Be joyful. The Bible in 1 Peter 1.8 talks about a joy that is unspeakable and it's full of glory. Now, I don't even know how to interpret that. That you can be so filled with this powerful joy on the inside. You don't even know what words to say. Or you can be so filled with the very presence of God and the glory of God is is him manifesting himself around you. His joy begins to manifest. It comes out of you. It affects the people around you. A leader who understands joy can literally affect and infect every person that works for him and all of the people that are around him that he's responsible for. And it's not a a a ridiculous fake happiness. No, we're talking about joy now. And so I'm challenging every one of us in the times. I'm just getting tired of everybody using the same old terms in these, you know, rare times, in these hard times, in these times that we're in. Okay, I get it. you know what? I'm just tired of calling it those times. We're never going to have life the way we had. I don't care what people say about that. The Bible says Jesus came to have life and more abundantly, innumerable in quantity. And literally the quality is something that is super high. That's what Jesus came to do. And it's not changed. So I refuse to give in to the depression. I refuse to give in to the hopelessness. I refuse to give in to things that are going wrong and look ahead and vision is powerful. When you look ahead, stop letting someone else paint a picture. Nothing's gonna be the same. We're never gonna be able to travel the world and dine in beautiful restaurants and swim together in the oceans and meet new friends and new people poppycock. That that, That's ridiculous. My vision ahead is everything the word of God teaches us. Friendships and families and great food and prosperity and blessing. Jesus came to give us life and more abundantly. So you cannot let fear take over the joy. You see, joy leaves when you choose fear. Joy begins to leave when worry takes over. If you're worried, then you have lost that sense of joy, that powerful strength, that confidence that the future is in the hands of Jesus, not just generally, but because you have prayed his word and you have given him your future. He doesn't have the whole world in his hands. The Bible doesn't say that. There are certain things he's controlling, time frames and seasons uh, in the future. But to say that he's got the whole world in his hands is to blame him for the millions of kids that die and all the cancers and sicknesses. Ridiculous. But as a believer, in the midst of a storm, you can literally know that we built our lives on the rock, Christ Jesus, and you can be unshakable. Yet that same parable that Jesus told says the storm doesn't come to strengthen people it destroyed the other house and the one it couldn't shake the strength of your life is built into your life by Jesus the Lord the Savior the carpenter and so take his word and build it into your life you see a spirit of fear always attaches itself to something legitimate you know you will you'll, you'll you'll be able to bring up something that that others might have a bit of a concern for, but this person literally a spirit of fear takes over and they just start talking about what if what if what if what if what if you know if you live your entire life in your what ifs you'll never enjoy life. Nobody gets married to the love of their life and starts going through the stats. Well, you know, uh, you know, 50%, there's a 50% chance we're just not gonna make it. And, and if we have this kind of a a tragedy with our children, then there's a 75% chance our marriage is not gonna make it. And if, and, and, I mean, who does that? Yet fear always inserts itself and attaches itself to something legitimate. So this joy that the Word of God says is ours, it is something you must practice. You literally need to pray or speak out loud the promises of joy. You need to speak out loud the, the word of God. And when you do, something takes place on the inside of you as you learn to draw water from the wells of salvation, this joy. Now, a well is something you got to dig deep down. A well goes way down into an aquifer, and then it pulls the water up from a different level of this planet. The same is true for the wells of salvation. When you give your life to Jesus Christ and you are born, born again. The word says you can draw way down deep inside of you where Jesus is. You can draw up his joy, his peace, his righteousness, faith and fear. Both believe what we do not see will come to pass. Isaiah forty-one 10. I'm giving you verses. I hope you're writing them down or listening to this over and over this message. It says, fear not, I will strengthen you. Oh, I could preach an hour on this one verse. The strengthening does not come during the fear. It says, Fear not, you make a choice. I refuse to fear. And now you're trying to find the strength to do what you've purposed to do. Fear not. First, I will strengthen you. I don't know how many times that has worked in my life, where something's ahead of me. And someone will tell me, do you realize that if you do this and you lose that, that this could happen over here? And and they just paint this picture. And all of a sudden, fear rises up. My stomach goes into a knot. I begin to sweat. Your heart begins to race. You feel lightheaded. Your knees begin to knock. Fear begins to take over. And then right then, I love Isaiah 41, 10, because I go, no, I refuse fear. God, I want your strength. And did you know that that verbal, out loud prayer is making a decision? And if you choose not to fear, God's strength rises up on the inside of you. In 1 John 4, 18, we talked about this last week. And I want to encourage you to listen to last week's message, too, because it's from another perspective. I think it brings such freedom to this area of fear. It says, perfect love casts out all fear. You know, it's crucial that we know deep within ourselves, what would we live for? What would we die for? And you'll talk to many of the great champions of life, and they've all found something to die for. They've found a purpose. Is Leon, I'm not that brave? No, I disagree. If you're married, you've probably found somebody that you would die protecting. If you've got children, you've found a reason to get up And create a strong country to get up and stand for what is true. If you got grandkids, you're double true on that one perfect love, when you begin to love and value um, your family, your home, this beautiful country, the freedoms that we have, when you begin to value these things, people get rid of the fear. I- I'm amazed how many people, pastors included, who are cowering in fear, don't want to speak up too much, don't want to get some side TikTok. There's so many sides today in all these issues, and if you get some side upset at you, ooh, they're going to write about you, blog about you, do something to you, and we need to recognize that all silence is not golden. There are times silence is yellow. We can't let fear in. Loving and valuing something gives us the wisdom and the, and the smarts to get up and to begin to walk in this joy of the Lord is my strength. Psalms 34 verse 4 says this in spades as well. I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all of my fear. The only way you will win over fear is I sought the Lord. Now, when you look to everybody can talk about God. But when Jesus Christ becomes your Lord and Savior and you begin to listen to him, study his word, something goes on on the inside of you and you're delivered from all Of your fear. Last week we talked about I have not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I gave you three antidotes to deal with fear. Today I want to talk to you about this incredible strength, this joy, and this joy that is yours if Jesus is within you. And if he's not, I'll give you an opportunity to accept him. This joy comes in when Jesus comes in. In Psalms 144 and verse 15, my last verse, it says, Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. You see, everybody has a God. It's the thing that makes your decisions. It can be an idol. Uh, you know, you can say you're an atheist, but it's interesting when you look at you know, what you bow down to, what theories and what reasonings. But it says in Psalms one forty four fifteen, 15, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. He's talking here about prophetically the Lord Jesus Christ. It does not say happy are the people whose God is the Lord and who don't have any problems, no. It doesn't say happy are the people whose God is the Lord who got everything solved, no. There's a happiness that sits on top of this powerful strength of joy. And I want to encourage you to make sure as believers, followers of Christ, that Jesus is, is not just your savior. It's one thing to make him your savior and make sure that you make heaven. We call that fire insurance. But is he your Lord? Have you studied his word and tell his lordship? It literally is a part of every area of your life. And this is crucial. Otherwise, you know, it says in, in, uh, in, the, in John chapter 8, 31 and 32, it says there that you're going to know the truth and the truth is going to make you free. Free from what? Free from fear. Free from worry. Free from the results of the enemy. Free from the attacks of any storm that would blow your way. And the, and the verse before it says that if you continue in my word, it's is Jesus talking, continue in his word. It says you are going to become disciplined in his word. That means that what you believe deep down inside there's a discipline. There are people who are watching me right now. You don't know what to believe. You, you're so double-minded. You'll believe this and this. This person talks on the news. I believe that. They're, well, what about that? You don't even have your own belief system you know and i call that dealing with your own bs your own belief system these core beliefs this is what a believer must anchor himself in in god's word and then he'll guide you with wisdom through all of the things you must do in family and politics and business relationships finance emotions god'll never leave you he'll never forsake you hey the joy of the lord is your strength It pushes out fear, keeps fear at bay. So let me ask you this before I pray. When's the last time you laughed? When's the last time you belly laughed? When's the last time that you just made a decision to get up and do something that is joyful? Make sure that you have friends like that. Make sure that you recreate. Recreation is recreation. And when you begin, I tell people this, when I sense in somebody that their joy is gone, that is not a strong Christian, and it's not a strong leader. But even when dealing with horrible things, this foundational joy, okay, it's not some kind of tee-hee-hee, laughter, giggle your way through. Oh no, it is this joy, and it's hard to express it in the English language, but this joy is the very foundation of our faith. And you can weep, and you can cry. Bible says joy's there in the morning. And so happiness might come and go based on happenings, meaning which emotion. Might be tears, might be laughter, but you'll never let go of this joy joy father i pray right now for those who are watching every believer let them know that it is right to hang on to this foundational strength of joy it's the joy of the lord that is our strength and upon that joy we can build happiness we can build every day happenings that bring happiness as well Father, I pray, strengthen your people. Let them not become weary in well-doing. Let them not cast away their confidence, but let them keep their hope in you so this joy, their strength will be strong. If you're watching today and you say, Leon, I don't know that I have given my life to this Jesus chosen him, believed on him. You can do it right now. You don't have to have everything figured out. It's just a choice you need to make because Jesus will never force himself into your life. He will never make you accept him. He's a gentleman waiting for you because you are a sovereign being. You are all powerful in your own decision-making. God won't violate your sovereignty to make your own decisions about your life. So now, if you would like him to become your Lord and Savior, just pray this prayer. Just say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. He died in my place. So Jesus, come into my heart. I receive this gift of salvation that you died to give me. And I thank you that I'm now in God's family with all that inheritance and the rights and the privileges that go with it. In Jesus' name, amen.